Hello, and welcome to the Coronation Asset Management podcast series, where we discuss everything around wealth and investment management, identifying trends in financial market, as well as topical themes. I'm Guy Chartarisky, Head of Research at Coronation Asset Management, and I will be your host, steering these conversations. So we are nearly nine months into 2023, and it has been a fascinating year. Fuel subsidies are gone, and the foreign exchange market has been set free. Inflation is 24%. People are feeling the pinch, and the consumer is under pressure. But the equity market is going up, up over 30% so far this year. What is going on? Itika, what's your impression of the equity market this year? What do you think the drivers are? Thank you very much. You are, you are absolutely correct. The equity market performance has been very, very impressive this year. Last year, it returned about 19.98, closing at a market capitalization of uh, about 27.93 year. At the end of June this year, it reached about 18.96%. Now, of the close of trading yesterday, it has reached 34.54%. This is very, very impressive and good. Well, the, the performance can be influenced by various factors, including investor sentiments, of course, corporate earnings, global economic conditions, and interest rates. Or equally, the belief that investors feel that the economy will rebound from short-term challenges. But let us not forget that with high inflation, which can erode the real returns of so many traditional assets, such as fixed deposits, bonds, and savings accounts. Equity is often standard as the best and the one that can potentially give returns that can surpass inflation rates. Like I said, um, in the stock market that is really uh, surpass uh, inflation rates. Thank you. Well, let's take you up on that point, which is very interesting, that equities are now providing a superior return to other asset classes. We've just had a bond auction last Monday where the long bond in Naira just topped 16% terms of yield and the one-year T-bill just got over 10%, about 10.5%. But when we look at equities, they've done remarkably well over the last few years. In 2020, we saw a 50% gain in the NGX All Share Index. 2021, we saw a 6% gain. And last year, 2022, we saw, as you've noted, an almost 20% gain in the index. And this year, as you say, uh, it's up well over 30%. Idika, what do you think are some of the drivers propelling the prices of bank stocks this year? Okay, um, in terms of the drivers, which I have already mentioned, basically it could be as a result of investor sentiment. Uh, investor sentiment drives the uh, uh, stock, uh, places the uh, stock movements. If you look at the indices, for instance, the consumer goods sector indices, it has really gone up, reflecting the investor sentiment that yes, things are likely to go well and things are likely to rebound, maybe for short-term uh, problems the economy is experiencing. Yes, indeed. And I think we saw a few things happen back in May. The first was, of course, the removal of the fuel subsidy in the president's inaugural speech and we suddenly saw the fuel stocks go up a lot um, that seems to be because they were previously regulated according to a formula 
and that formula was taken away. Therefore, the regulated margin at which they sell fuel was taken away too. So the market thought the margin would expand. And I guess that is, is, is happening. Then the next thing to happen was that the foreign exchange regime was liberalized and suddenly the bank stocks began to form extremely well. Well, the bank stocks are generally winners from devaluation. They have a lot of US dollar assets, and so they're able to report revaluation gains. But I also think they stand to gain long term by getting back into FX trading and making forward prices and so on. Absolutely, you are correct. The Nigerian banks, like other banks in emerging economies, can benefit from certain aspects of currency devaluation, especially in forex evaluation gains and as reflected in the bank's Q2 results. Yes, we saw the circular from the Central Bank of Nigeria recently, it's only a week ago, warning banks not to increase their dividends nor their operating expenses just because they were reporting revaluation gain, which seems like a prudent move and come back to the point that this may not be a fundamental improvement in their performance. I remember some six years ago, a bank making a revaluation gain on a US dollar loan that was non-performing. The question was whether it should have increased its dividends when there wasn't a cash flow behind it. So revaluation gains are one thing, but is another thing to actually realize cash. Let's go to some other points. Yeah, let me say something on that. Um, yes, the CBN directive is a prudent regulatory measure uh, to safeguard the financial stability of banks. But from investor standpoint, you have to know that this thing has been pricing, especially the bottom line. Because in between the top line performance and the bottom line performance, you have factors that will affect them. And FX revaluation is one of the factors. You can see, if you check the earning per share of these banks, you can see that there's tremendous growth because of the revaluation gain. And earning per share is a very important metric when you are doing valuation of companies. So as far as I'm concerned, those uh, revaluation gains, yes, the CBO directive is okay, it's a prudent regulatory measure, but that gains have been priced in, in terms of valuation, and it will affect the valuation because it's already there. Well, listeners may be wondering why Idika and I are talking so much about banks, and that's because the banks have been doing very well this year in terms of stock prices. The NGX Banking 10 Index is up 67. Well, listeners may be wondering why Idika and I are talking so much about banks. And that's because the stocks of the banks have been doing quite so well this year. The NGX Banking 10 Index is up 64% this year against that gain of just over 30% in the NGX All Share Index. So that's a reason to focus on banks. However, there are plenty of other sectors. And it's interesting to see that some other sectors have not been doing so well. Now, we've seen the market pull up some big-name stocks. Dangote Cement is up 39% this year. MTNN is up 25% this year. But the consumer is not doing so well. Idika, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, this is a reflection of the market. Um, every policy has it, its uh, advantages and uh, its force. What is important is how you manage and how you navigate through them. Uh, yes, you are right. In terms of uh, specific uh, stock performance, there has been ups and downs. But if you look at the overall uh, index, right, yes, you likely you likely to have a uh, uh, down here, up here. But the most important is the overall performance. Well, I agree with that. So, 
Let's come back to the question we began with at the beginning, which is why is the market doing so well when the economy seems to be in such a bad state? Do you think it's because the market is anticipating better things happening in 2024? Yes, that's part of it. But I think for me, most of them are, like I said, about 25 of the listed companies have a return, a three-digit return between 200 to 600%. So I don't think there's any other investment that can give you that return. So I, I believe most investors are moving into that asset class because of the expectation that they will have a higher return that can now beat inflation. Apart from the specific uh, uh, industry reasons, I think to me that would be a major reason why people are moving into that. So even though it is volatile, it's of high risk. That would be the reason. Yes, I think you're right there. Some investors are getting into equities, even though there's volatility, which describes the rate at which prices go up and down. And then there's risk as to whether you're going to get a return uh, that is sufficient or any return at all. However, um, it is interesting to note pension funds in this country still have quite low allocations. Last time we looked, the allocation to equity is around 6% of the overall assets. And so we wonder really if pension funds are going to take more equities going forward um, and whether other classes investor are going to do the same thing. Because the level of investment in equities at the moment seems to be quite low. What's your view on that? Uh, well, in terms of investments, uh, when you want to get basic things you have to look at, you have to consider one, your investment objective, your, uh, your risk appetites, and where you want to take, uh, what you want to achieve. Uh, all these uh, pensions for mutual funds, they have different classes of asset investment. They have money market mutual fund, they have uh, equity mutual funds, they have even the London market United. The money market mutual fund will use on cash, um, bond, and so on. So the, the return is lower, but the, the risk is equally lower, unlike the equity fund. So it equally depends on your risk appetite and your objective, what you want to achieve. So that will now determine which one you want to actually want to take. It's very interesting that we come back to this word risk, and perhaps we can expand that to risk management. When we look at professional investors, they tend to be risk averse. But if we look at the fixed income returns that we've been getting in this market uh, since late 2019, they have already been matching inflation. So we're in the process, I believe, of persuading investors to take more risk, to manage risk, because without that, they're not going to beat inflation. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yes, somehow. Um, one, you know, it depends on how you want to build your portfolio. Uh, depends on what you want. Uh, for me, uh, uh, one other thing to the investor, the age uh, bracket has to come in too. If you are young, you are likely to take um, a risk. Uh, if you are maybe at that retirement level, there wouldn't be any money to invest much in, uh, in stock. You have yourself more in fixed income investment because of a lower risk. Uh, so, like I said, it only depends on your investment objective, your uh, age, and your ability to take risk. That will not determine. It wouldn't make sense to go and invest in, in stock or put more or create your portfolio to uh, about 70% stock and 30% fixed income. So, it's better to conserve, reserve your capital, uh, put them more in asset class that you feel that are more comfortable, that are, that has lower risk. I think to me, it's the right thing to do. So like I said, there are basically things you have to consider. Consider your age, consider your investment objective, and how do you want, you want to take risk? What is your uh, risk appetite? So these are the things that now count when you want to invest. 
Well, I would certainly agree with your three points there. We're talking about the appropriateness of risk for different ages of investor. And obviously, as one grows older, uh, one should look to uh, take less risk. But it does seem to me that uh, for younger investors and for certain sections of pension funds, uh, the last three years, and maybe by the time we get to the end of 2023, we can say the last four years are a lesson in taking equity risk as part of a balanced growth portfolio. Idika, is there anything else you wish to say? Uh, um, uh, one, what I want to conclude from investors' perspective, um, I think it's always very, very important as an investor to um, uh, engage uh, an experienced financial advisor because things have really changed. Uh, because uh, out there, we see people uh, who don't really know much, especially in terms of stock uh, investments, because um, things have really changed. Uh, the fintech has really changed the way stocks stock is, is traded right now. So, um, and my advice to potential investors, actually look for uh, financial advisors and stockholders, guide them because there's a lot to gain from stock investments if you make the right uh, decisions. That's, that's what I have to say to investors. Well, thank you very much for your comments today and your guidance on these markets and on investment. We hope we have a, a good conclusion uh, to 2023, that the market continues to deliver returns in the fourth quarter of the year. And with that, we will conclude today's podcast. Thank you very much, Idika. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. It has been a pleasure having you share this time with us. Do well to look out for the next episode and share the Coronation Asset Management Podcast across your network. You can also connect with us at coronation.ng for more insights. Until next time.